0: Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, the party barely survived a harrowing encounter with web lurkers and returned to the surface victorious. The party stopped at a tavern to spread the word of Gakin's disappearance, but ended up overhearing a rumor claiming none other than Trinia Sabor was revealed to be the slayer of King Aedrid. Is the rumor true? Was this unassuming painter the one who plunged Corvosa into turmoil? The cursed campaign continues now.
1: Welcome back again to Bestow Curse.
2: Thanks, Griffin.
1: Guys, it's been almost a month since we sat down here and recorded together. Yeah, almost. Wow. How time flies? Not quite a
3: month. Almost a month. Almost a month.
2: No, it, it's, it has been a month, but it has not been 30 days.
3: Oh, that was the that was the edition, Almost yeah. a standard month. A February
1: as the crow flies. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so we've, we've kind of left you on a nasty little cliffhanger for that month. You've been stewing in it, uh, and I have been. Yeah, might have realized that Vec might have a uh, a bad roommate situation <laughs> going on. <laughs> Potential regicide—that's
0: up there. That's yeah, really it's up there.
1: there. It's it's certainly up there. It probably makes you feel a little less safe about not not being at home.
3: Yeah, it definitely is coloring his opinion of his home life.
1: I mean, hopefully you're. Grandpa was never the king of anything.
0: He's the king of his, <sighs> his castle.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He could be in trouble. So have you guys ever had a, uh, a bad roommate situation? Crop up in your... Uh...
2: All right, Griffin, I, I know you have, because we, we've all heard the story. But let's hear it.
1: What? Who, I, me? I don't remember <laughs> this. It was, Power through it, guys. It's my freshman year of college. Oh,
3: he's really hamming it up this
1: time. It's,
2: it's so dramatic.
1: I decided to stay in one weekend because I was really into Dark Souls at the time, and I was playing it for a ridiculous amount of time. It had recently come out, I think, and I decided to go to the uh, the student center and purchase myself one of the stand like the, the big size cartons of goldfish. Except at the student center, everything cost about 200% of what it normally costs. So I think I sp- spent something like 6 or $7 for this carton of goldfish. But it was going to be worth it because I was going to eat goldfish, play Dark Souls. It's a Friday night. Wasn't going to hang out anywhere. I wasn't going to get drunk. So it was, it was like an off weekend for freshman year.
3: Because you weren't 21 yet.
1: You're literally the only person in this room that <laughs> invited <buying> it. <laughs> so... My roommate did not follow this policy. My roommate, clearly drinking before 21, arrived in the room, wasted.
0: Mm, shame, by the way. Shame.
1: What a shame. <laughs> what kind of freshman in college gets wasted? But, but this was, if you think about it, this was like two months into living with this guy. So we didn't really know a ton about each other. He's going out, partying, whatever, came, came back, uh, asked if he could have some goldfish. I was like, yeah, absolutely. You're drunk. This will probably do you good he he has a couple handfuls and then takes the carton up to his bunk bed while i'm playing dark souls so i you know i'm pretty pretty locked in realize when i go to look for some goldfish that the carton's nowhere to be found what has happened <laughs> eventually i hear like snoring and i get done with the game and head up only to find that my drunkest shit roommate threw up in my 7 dollar carton of goldfish
2: number one how did you not hear that number two how did you not fucking i smell had it? headphones how on. did you not mm. smell it I, he did it in a closed container mm.
1: number two <laughs> he took all the sheets off of my bed because he threw up on his so he while he's up there because we had lifted bunk beds so they were like it was like two loft beds with the desks underneath so we're like two feet from the ceiling up there. So I'm not watching what he's doing up there. Room's dark headphones on. I get to my bed. It's bare. It's stripped. He's wrapped in my blankets and my, like cradling my puked in goldfish container. And then like, he has the audacity to like, not bring any of it up the next day. And I'm like, so how are my sheets, bud? Like, you want to, you want to go ahead and wash those for me? And I have never forgiven him for the goldfish that he didn't offer to replace, and he never did replace. Mm. I didn't live with him sophomore year. I took the first chance to, to find a
3: roommate that respected goldfish. That's my story. I've got a pretty good one. So also freshman year of college, I was randomly assigned a room that was supposed to be a triple. Me, two other dudes, but one of the dudes never showed. So for the first semester, it was just me and this other guy. And we had a big old room, which was nice. The two of us never really got along, but it didn't really matter. There were actually two rooms of the dorm. So we just kind of were cordial with each other. Didn't like argue or anything, but it's just like "Ah, he runs in a crowd that I don't. And I run in a crowd that he doesn't. That's fine. Anyway, new semester starts the spring semester and we're assigned a third roommate. And this dude shows up and he is a slob like an absolute disgusting human being and like leaves trash everywhere he's really disgusting and he was like a scammer too like he would buy website domains and then resell them to people and like buy counterfeit clothes and sell them as the real thing like he was actually not a good person and he <laughs> How long ago- That's capitalism baby feels like a long time ago when the, when the whole buying domains was a lucrative thing. Hey, well, this, hence the beginning of my story because he bought a website domain and then sold it for like a profit of two grand or something and was going to like go out and party to celebrate. And so he throws this like pregame get together in our, uh, in our dorm And he gets so ungodly drunk. And our buddy, Tim, who lived across the hall at the time, you guys know Tim. He's a good friend of the show. He comes over and the two of us are hanging out while everybody else is partying. Everybody goes out and five minutes, like just the apartment's trashed or not the apartment, the dorm's trash. trashed. You know what it is. But this guy comes back like five minutes later because he is too drunk to go out and ends up like Dropping a 40 ounce of malt liquor in the hallway, which is carpet. So, like, we're trying to clean up all the glass. It's gross. Tim's a total hero, like, helping me take care of my drunk roommate, which I shouldn't have had to do in the first place. Anyway, we got this kid asleep. I go to bed. It sucks. We're going to deal with it in the morning. Wake up. Foul smell in the room. Uh oh. Foul smell in the room. What's going on here? Trying to figure it out. Can't figure it out. Okay. Walk over to my desk. Desk is wet. the gentleman had gotten up in the middle of the night and urinated all over my desk. Oh, all of uh, like spiral notebooks, my laptop, like (gasps) a lot of stuff covered in piss. And so like, I'm freaking out. I chew. I like lay into him pretty heavy we got the, he's like, I'll buy you a new laptop. I understand like if it, if we can't, if we can't clean it up and get it running. And so we stood it up um, and we had a fan blasted on it. The laptop survived somehow. And well,
2: like, how do you feel? Okay. How using do you clean that? it?
3: Like, yeah, clean it there with other no wet. cleaning. It, it, we used a lot of Clorox wipes. Like it was disgusting. I'm t- I'm, I was just as grossed as you guys are right now. I'm still grossed out thinking about it. But anyway, it it sucks. It's a bad situation. But like the kids like 17 or 18 years old, like I'm a freshman in college, like you people don't know how to drink. It's like, OK, this kid had a terrible night. Like I chewed him out for it. He offered to buy me a laptop. We didn't have to go that route. Water under the bridge.
0: Piss under the bridge.
3: Piss under the bridge. A week later, I am. Co- I come back to the apartment or no, I keep saying apartment. It's a dorm. I come back to the dorm. And he's doing a rail of coke off of my desk that he peed on. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when I was like, okay, I'm moving out. I'm moving out. And so so I moved out because it's not like I really ever got along with my other roommate anyway. So it's like, you know what? Screw it. And they sort of were buddy buddies. So I left. And I moved in with somebody who was way cooler and like I got along with really well, but turned out that the, my new roommate was their pot dealer. <laughs> so, <laughs> it makes sense. So like it was just the same crowd of folks, just with a lot with a lot less pee and coke. Hmm.
4: I mean, that's an improvement right there.
3: It was. It was a massive improvement. Anyone else got one? I mean. Chris, I remember one
1: distinctly.
2: <laughs> I remember like multiple bad roommate stories from Chris.
0: Yeah. I think the big one is when when one of my the coworkers of the company that I work with got fired and and had to had to move out to look for a job elsewhere. I was trying to I was trying to rent out my side of the, the house I'm living in now. And there were two girls that were interested in in living there uh, and they did for a bit, but I had just picked up my first cat around the time too. And they weren't happy about a cat being there. I think one of them was allergic. So like they were asking me all this crazy stuff like, Hey, can you, can you just confine your cat to the unfinished basement in your house and just let her live there
1: so that we don't have to deal with her? No, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I remember them being fine with you having a cat, like, up until they moved in, mhm, so
2: yeah, there was like a a a series of odd things in general, in fact, like, didn't one of them start to get scammed by one of those like
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mail
2: and things too they,
0: they fell for one of those one of those scams <laughs> where someone contacts you to uh send to to get a check delivered for you to cash the check and forward money off to someone else, and the check bounces, and I spent like. I think three different full conversations with this person trying to convince them that it was a scam and it wasn't until like the third conversation it really they understood what it was like in the first two when I was describing word for word what it was they were still confused by it and didn't think it was a scam they were probably getting scammed
3: by my old roommate <laughs> honestly <laughs> I believe it
2: I really remember that being a rough time for the Chris uh, Chris household because even before that the coworker roommate not horrible, but also there were some like weird things that also happened there, just yeah. like leaving cut vegetables. Yeah, he yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so distinctly.
0: He was that. a nice guy, but he had a couple quirks. I think one was like he didn't know his own strength, so he would just break things in my all house. the time. All, all the, the, the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, key. That's
2: key.
3: You got to know your own strength.
2: Also broke things all the time at work.
3: Like- yeah, <laughs> Is your roommate Lenny from A Office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: That's why I got the oh. cat after that guy moved yeah. out. Oh, yeah, he had to wait. Well, he had a, he had a nice cat too. I really that that was that was the one perk of him living there. Is he had he had a good kitty. Yeah, he would also just leave like fruit and vegetables partially used, like just bare in the fridge, <laughs> like oh,
2: that's
0: weird. like I, I, just like open things of food in the fridge that he was just like resting on the shelves it was
1: did you ever think like maybe it was him just trying to put it away like he was trying to put a banana away and he squeezed too hard
3: (laughs) or or was he scared of opening the drawer of like the fruit vegetable (laughs) drawer? he figured he'd rip it right out (laughs) just to leave it open that's fair yeah
2: it was a weird time um just as from my perspective because i worked with his roommate and then later I, I then worked with Chris and um like at two different facilities. But hearing both sides was very interesting because the roommate had made mention where he was, you know, looking into these practices on how to best keep like open and cut tomatoes. And then I'd hear from Chris where like, yeah, it just rotted. Like it was just rotted.
1: hold better when you use them within the next seven days.
2: But it was
3: um an
2: interesting time.
3: I still wear his sandals.
2: Do you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> what is this? What? The, the guy? Yeah, yes. have yeah, yeah, I still have those sandals. They're good sandals. They- oh yeah, I forgot he left yeah. he left those at our house. You yes, he you did. left his sandals, not at his old house that he moved out of, but at your house. <laughs> and then
2: it was they were here for too long. You just gave them to me. Cause he walked through the alley that's full of barefoot. glass, barefoot. Glass and pebbles, barefoot. Yeah. Well, we just
1: we thought we assumed it's like they were what are they? Chakas? Chacos or something. Yeah, Chacos. They're, really nice. uh, yeah they're, they're like they're nice right. sandals. We thought he would come back for him at some point. And then Chris was like, Yeah, he moved away. <laughs> 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 like, yep. I guess we could just give these sandals away. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I,
2: oh. he was a really nice uh human, but yeah, yeah. it was always a, a, some strange things.
0: I hope he's doing well. I hope he's out there doing living uh, his best life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, bad roommate for me. Uh I haven't had many roommates. So I had um Three roommates, my freshman year of college, and immediately after that it was not a great experience for multiple reasons and then I was in single uh from there, and then I moved into That's a right. house mm-hmm. yeah I mean and then I moved into a house, but while I was in that house, I had three roommates and i liked I liked them all, but I also half lived at Griffin's house, and I also liked his roommate so I don't know, I don't feel like I've had a lot of bad well so I have had bad roommate stories, but they are not appropriate for air.
1: We just got uh, doing rails of coke off a desk and peeing on it,
3: so I don't. I don't know. I, I
1: have they're a,
2: not appropriate for air. I <laughs> have I have a I have a
3: secondhand story that it, I I can't tell here because it, one it's not my story and two it's going to take way too long. But remind me after this, guys. I got to tell you about one of Tim's girlfriend's roommates in college. Sounds like college is a good time for bad roommates.
4: Thankfully, I don't have a bad roommate story that would. Even come close to comparing. Well, that's good because we've
1: gone on far too long about this. Oh, probably.
4: Yeah, my roommates have all been fairly reasonable. I mean, there's, you know, living with people can be annoying. So, like minor things here and there, but nothing really crazy. All of my roommates were sane, and I uh, was either friends with them or at least got along with them well enough to live together.
1: I think kind of the moral of the story is like, don't be the person that does bodily functions where bodily functions don't don't belong. And yes. you won't get a bad story featured about you on a podcast. Mm.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, that's fair.
1: So this week's Hero Point is going to Sylvie, and it is sponsored by Alex, who says, Emily, as a PhD, what kind of advice would you give Sylvie to get her to stop ditching class?
4: Oh, I mean, Sylvie's reasons for skipping class have been pretty good in my book. She's basically
1: doing like an internship. She's doing an extracurricular internship.
4: Yeah. I think for her to stop skipping class, she'd need to figure out what she's getting out of the course that's helping her learn more than what she's learning out in the real world. So she really has to dig down and figure out which courses are most important to her. But I mean, she's already got that kind of get out of jail free card. So I don't know if she's going to be going to too many more classes for a while.
1: You know how you can stop skipping class? Solve the adventure path. (laughs) 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 Solve the adventure path, and then you can go back to class. Let's get to it. Yeah, last week, our heroes defeated some web lurkers, gained their venom, and before heading back to DeVargo to perform the ritual, uh, which will grant them the dirt on uh, Ambassador Amprey. They went to the Three Rings Tavern, uh, and Diego was looking to uh, maybe pick Tokpar's brain or at least get the bug in his ear that uh, his family member is missing. However, at the end of the episode, you overheard some gossip in the tavern that none other than Trinius Sabor is responsible for the death of King the II. And that's where we find you now.
0: Allegedly.
1: Allegedly.
3: (laughs) So, this is obviously a concern for Beck. His eyes kind of go wide, and then he starts to regain composure of himself, turns back to the rest of the group. I would like to follow up on that particular rumor. I'm going to go have a conversation with these people. Welcome to join if you like.
2: I mean, Mir will want to listen in, but she's not exactly gonna be very helpful in the conversation but rumors of you know someone killing the king that's definitely of interest
4: yeah Sylvie tags along as well but uh she's also not great at getting information out of people so she's not going to say a whole lot
3: all right so beck heads over to this group of people and puts on his biggest most charismatic false smile my friends, I couldn't help but overhear that perhaps the son of a bitch who got King Eadred has been figured out. Is this the truth? Well, daughter, right? Uh, Trinia Sabor is a woman. Oh, huh.
1: I, I wouldn't know. Who, who is she? Ah, uh, she was some, some artist, some painter that was um, going up to the castle painting a portrait of King Eadred, one of the, one of the guards. Uh, admitted to helping her with the poisoning of the king while she was there. She had to come to the castle for multiple sessions. She must have been able to dose him somehow with multiple doses of poison. Because it looked like a disease, uh, clerics and such were none the wiser.
2: What? Goddard said it? Like, what? Goddard helped?
1: Well, they're saying he, um, he admitted his crimes to the kind of right-handed the queen, uh, Head of the Queen's Guard, Sabina Marin, I believe. And, and after he was uh, escorted down, he broke free of the guard and jumped from the highest window in the tallest tower of the castle. Took his own
3: life. Under questioning, did he reveal any motive? I mean, I've never had much grievance with royalty in the city, but w- what could compel someone to want to kill their own king? Not that we've heard.
1: Uh, Rumors are scarce on motive, but they haven't been able to capture Miss Sabore. You might have noticed all the crowds wandering around
3: outside. (laughs) The mob's out for her. I imagine it's only a matter of time till she's found out wherever she's hiding. Is there any leads? Does anybody know where she might be now? Eh, I'm sure she'll turn up. The
1: order of the nails on it, after all.
2: Is that a recognizable...
1: You could roll a society check on that.
2: Sylvie could roll a society on that. Sylvie's definitely <laughs> going to think
4: on this one. Let's see. Oh, no. Only a ten.
3: You have no idea who they are. Right on. Well, uh, I hope they find her then and find out why she did such a deplorable act. Well,
1: I'm sure if the Order of the Nail finds her, she'll be uh,
3: much worse for wear.
1: But what are you going to do? I mean... Hopefully they keep her alive long enough to talk to the
3: Queen. <laughs> Unlike the last one. Huh. Well, I'd need to wet my own whistle, so I might need to move on and head on over to the bar. It was a pleasure making your acquaintance and uh, hearing the news.
1: Yeah, cheers, we're going to have a couple more ourselves before we do our civic duty and join the join the crowds. Won't be long now.
3: Maybe I'll see you out there. Cheers, mate. Vec stands up from that table and starts to kind of walk on over to the bar area. Chris, I know Diego needed to talk to Talk Bar. Yeah, I did. I did have that on my to-do list. So, Diego,
0: having overheard all of that, is concerned a bit, because I think we had briefly met Trinia,
1: and I'm sure that Vec has mentioned maybe something of her as well, too. Yeah, and I mean, you know she at least helped you kind of traverse the mobs at the beginning of the unrest, Mm -hmm. um, and spent some time with Vec as far as you know. So perhaps his conversation with Tuck Par is a little, a little hastier than normal if, if this
0: is a this is a pressing matter.
1: Yes, Tuckpar is um you know he's he's kind of the bouncer for this bar, so he would have like waved you guys in when he first got okay. here, but I think, you know, hearing that rumor kind of had you had you maybe like yeah. wandering over to the source of that before you loop back around to him. They'll walk up. Hello there old friend. How's how's business? Hmm. Mr. Longshadow. Long time, no see. Business is good. My lady and I have not seen much trouble, although if you look out to the streets, you might think otherwise. There are rumors and stirrings afoot, and I I hope to
0: understand even more about what's going on there, but I had other questions for you if you have time. Of course. I'm looking for one of my friends. I think he... Did, did we come into this bar? Did I come into this bar with Gaecon before, or no? No, you wouldn't no, have
1: come into this bar with Gaecon. You guys went to a bar in on Idrid's Isle. This is this is on the mainland. One of my one of my friends in the tribe
0: uh, has disappeared recently, and I'm looking for him. I don't know if you've heard rumors of a of, of a Shwanti being around, or perhaps if you know where uh, other Shwanti might tend to congregate or uh, meet up in the city.
1: Ooh, that is uh, upsetting news, with the streets becoming more agitated. Well, you do not present as a schwanty man, but even I, at my size, am wary about going out in this. If your friend has gone missing in town... I don't know where exactly would be a safe haven for him besides maybe one of the churches. Uh, this tavern certainly would be if you find him and um and uh, you know tell him to make his way home, I, we would certainly offer him asylum. But there are other places, uh, other taverns like-minded um You would remember you went to the Traveling Man, is the first bar you went to, and they were relatively um, accommodating to Shawanti. uh, He he would mention the Traveling Man in in kind of that conversation. The the Traveling Man may be one of the few safe spots on Old Corvosa that um, hopefully if he is there, he finds, he remembers that place Hopefully wherever he is, he is off the streets. The people of this city are using the unrest as an opportunity to lash out. I suspect as much there's going to be
0: much misdirected anger and fear over these over these events and I, I worry for him, but I appreciate those directions and if I if the opportunity presents itself, I
1: will go to the traveling man, perhaps other churches in the area to look for him. If you suspect the worst. The Grey District is a place where you might be able to assuage those fears. They tend to keep record of bodies. It is where uh, many of even our own kind are um, are brought upon death. They would at least know, uh, again, if you suspect the worst, but searching for him on the streets at night, if he's a clever boy, which... I have no reason to believe he wouldn't be. He likely wouldn't travel the streets tonight.
0: Yes, I, I'll I continue to hold out hope.
1: Perhaps the Gray District will be one of the last places I check. I will keep an eye out for him as well. Uh, what exactly did he look like? And you would describe him. Gakin is no older than 18. He's maybe six feet tall, has a, um, has a distinctive... Slash over uh, over one of his eyes. It came from a fire pelt cougar in his youth, um, and he's kind of covered in tribal tattoos, like Chiwanti traditional tattoos that you would be able to describe. You'd be able, like, you're close enough to him that you could describe what exactly they look like uh, to give Takpar an idea. I'll tell you what. The limited time that I am between this establishment in my home tonight. I may search an extra block or two. If he's in North Point, hopefully hopefully I can take him under my wing. I would appreciate that. That's very generous of you. One other
0: question I had before I go, I think my companions and I are eager to, eager to set off. Your, your breadth and depth of Shawanti lore is perhaps deeper than mine. Uh, you ever heard stories about a, a member or someone related to a tribe being able to to summon the spirits, a spirit or a an ancestor from the tribe.
1: Yes, there are spirit seekers uh, and spirit speakers. However, they are often able to summon multiple spirits uh, at their beck and call from from their ancestors, uh, ancestral guardians. Do you mean? One spirit, yes, over
0: the period of unrest that we initially had, I was I found this connection to a particular spirit that I have been able to connect with and even manifest at some points,
1: hmm. Mr. Longshadow, would you sit down for a moment? And he kind of he pulls out a chair as well, kind of leaves his bouncing duty for the moment and sits down in front of you and just kind of looks you over very carefully. He looks kind of directly into your eyes, and then with a knowing, kind of not smirk, but maybe a furrow of his brow. Have you ever died?
0: <laughs> I, that is a strange question normally to ask, but yes, I believe so. I, I believe myself to be a uh, a person who has died and been brought back for
1: reasons I do not know yet. I ask this because the last Instance of of being able to summon a spirit of our ancestors, but only one is tied to a true Shuanti soul. And I, I mean no offense, my friend, but in your current form, I would not suspect you to possess a true-born Shuanti soul. You're right about that. This is. I am certainly no true Shuanti. In. From what my parents taught me and what has at least the information passed on to me, uh, that ability is known as uh, being a twinned soul. Two souls of great purpose die and yet continue upon the mortal coil through one mean or another. They are bound to each other in a way that uh, through fate, they continually... Cross paths. I wonder who exactly you might be, if you have no knowledge of your past life and no knowledge of who I might be bound to. If your suspicions are true, indeed, I would ask, how does this spirit appear to you—clear or in shapes and echoes? It is a spectral
0: form it takes, and Diego could, you know, if if he's if it's not too. Uh, too distracted with the atmosphere, spend some time trying to manifest. If you
1: manifest your spirit, the the seat next to you at this table that you're sitting on, kind of, you hear it creak a tiny bit as a spectral weight rests upon it and your Eidolon does form. But as Par mentioned, this spirit's features are almost as if taken through an old photograph or a dirty lens. They're not clear. This is the the form it takes. I cannot see clearly enough to know who he might be, but I do feel connected to him. The Eidolon reaches across the table, um, grabs Takpar's hand and shakes it. Thank you for your guidance to my brother. He is lost, but so am I. And your wisdom means much to, as much to him as it does to me. And then, after a time, if you cease concentrating on it, your spirit would dissipate. Interesting. I'm sure there's more I want to talk to
0: Tuckpar about with all of this, but I think, uh, I think we've got more
3: pressing things to get to as well. Vec slams down the empty <laughs> beer glass that he was drinking from, pushes it back across the bar with a couple of coppers. Everybody outside now. Let's go. <laughs> sure. And then he just walks out. Like <laughs> if you guys follow him, you follow him. Thank you, Tepar. Tuk- yep.
0: I, I, I will speak with you later. There's much to talk
1: about. I will
3: make sure I let you know if I find your companion. Awesome. You guys get outside. Vec is pacing back and forth. There's a ton of tension in his shoulders, um, and he has. He, he's always had these, like, blue ice-colored eyes, but it looks like there's fire behind him. And he's visibly shaken and frustrated. You all have met. And there's... I'm, now, Griff, I would have this conversation where there's no people around. Right, you duck into did. an alley next to the next to the Three Rings Tavern. Y'all have met my friend. Actually, Sylvia, I don't think you have. Never mind. There's a lot going on right now. Um, So... Trinia's in my apartment. She's still there. And I think the situation is much, much worse than any of you realize. Earlier this week, she confided in me that a journal of hers was stolen from her apartment. Said journal is supposed to be holding all of the names of the people she has painted. Trinia has painted me. My name very well could be in that journal. Whoever has that journal might come looking for her and would find me and my grandfather. And if they find me, they're going to find you. We're in trouble. I need to get home. I got to I got to I got to figure this out.
2: Do you think she did it?
3: I don't know what to believe. I don't know much about her. She's been a comforting, stabilizing presence for me over these past weeks. But frankly, I I don't know much about her. I, I don't know her parents. I don't know... I don't even know if she's a citizen of the city. I She met me in Reefclaw Run Market, but I go there all the time. I'd never seen her before. We ran into each other at Jagara's Jug, a tavern that I go to all the time. Never seen her there before. Seems quite co- coincidental, don't you think? I don't know. She just showed up in my life, and I don't know anything about her.
4: It is good to take these rumors seriously. They could be rooted in truth but they may not be true i know you worry for your for your grandfather and for your life we need to get inge- we need to investigate further but do not lose hope
3: i just thank you silly i i just need to talk to her i'm going back if you all want to come with me great if not you can do whatever you want go find gakin or conduct this ritual or what have you but i am talking to trinia now and I would like to do so independently. However, if I do discover that she in fact did this, I may ask your assistance in bringing her to justice, bringing her to the town guard, and she can stand trial for what she has done to this city.
4: Whatever we find out, we must proceed cautiously. There are mobs forming in these streets, and we do not want to be caught up in them either way.
3: Dade getting flashbacks to a few weeks ago don't know about any of you but it's looking pretty pretty rough out here
0: I we've been hired by the guard or we have a relationship with the guard to try to keep the peace I think there are two options here either she did do it and the murderer of the king is we know the location of and should go capture or she's being set up and she needs our help now more than ever I think
3: I think we should all go
2: are you sure you want to talk to her alone
3: I, I think we're going to scare her if we all go in there. I've got the best rapport, but I don't want to be alone. If you all could watch exits and make sure that he doesn't try to escape or something, I would appreciate that.
2: Your place isn't big.
3: It's not. It's only got one way in and one way out. How many windows do you have? I think canonically we described it as having zero.
2: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I guess we've also described it as like a literal closet. So are you going to be able to talk to her alone with four of us or, or th- I guess, three of us in the hallway? I mean, does that not call a serious amount of attention to your apartment, though? It's I mean, it's nine lives <laughs> and it's the, the healer that is actively around Devargo's men all of the time and a noble woman. I feel like that's going to call a lot of attention to your apartment.
3: Well, then stay outside. That's fine.
4: We could also try to stealth and, like, fit in with some of the crowds, too, while watching the building. Sure. Try not to be noticed, but yep. keep keep watch.
1: Yep. Okay. So you're all heading to Old Corvosa?
4: Yep. hmm
1: Okay. The main streets are clogged with people. Torches, yelling. You hear faintly in the distance some screams, many shouts. At a particular intersection, which is close to the bridge um, heading towards Old Corvosa across the Narrows, there's a crowd that is formed in this intersection. oh Make me a perception check.
2: I rolled a 9 for an 18.
4: 13. 21.
1: 9. Sylvie, you feel it cross... Underneath you, this angry rumbling. And you see up ahead where these crowds have formed a large manhole sewer covering. And you've been attacked from underground before. You are the only one that has the opportunity to react to try to save these people as you hear what is clearly something big. Cross from underneath you.
4: Ooh, so Sylvie could, could she try to like push people out of the way or clear the area at all?
1: Or she could shout. You know, there is a level of noise here, but you think if you could yell menacingly or create, even like create a diversion so people would move from this central area where they seem to be gathering, uh, you might give them enough time to like get out of the way before whatever this is that's attracted Mm -hmm. by all of this noise.
4: Sylvie looks out over the crowd and she doesn't have much that she can do to cause a huge scene but she does yell out and also use one of her only spell abilities and throw up a shield to like uh, create uh, some light and something different here happening, saying clear the way it is not safe here so she has her her family crest glowing bright in front of her as she yells out across the crowd and also realizes she never got fully healed from the last combat
1: when you yell that you feel uh, the familiar weight of Sazi on your shoulder as he becomes visible and he has an empathic link with you. Oh kid, we gotta get we gotta do better than that. We gotta get him out of here. He casts a spell that appears in the sky to fizz and pop like Snapdragon fireworks in like the opposite direction of the crowd to create a diversion. To hopefully draw their attention away from where they're sitting. He's got a 25 We're going to use deception to create a diversion here.
4: Okay. Um,
1: Aided by that spell. Between the two of you, you see a group of this mob kind of head off to the left just in time as this manhole bursts and two multi-tentacled, huge-mouthed aberrations exit The sewer, lumbering and gibbering and drooling. Eat fresh meat. I'm going to need an initiative roll here. I know you guys rolled an initial perception, but I'd like one more because, you know, we got to act a little bit before that happened. Uh, Don't worry, I can always roll lower.
0: As a reaction, any of us could give them directions to all the world's meat. (laughs) so <laughs> that we can just oh. circumvent this.
1: Sylvie, what was your initiative?
2: 23. Mir? 21.
1: Vec? 17. Diego? 13. Okay. After these things burst out of the ground, the first to act is Sylvie. And Sylvie, with, um, with Zazzy still on your shoulder, he turns to you and you see his tail flick and it like slices his palm you trust me kid open your mouth
4: you haven't led me astray so far
1: and uh, several drops of his blood drip onto your tongue and you feel this malevolent energy radiate through you and the thoughts you think are maybe a little less charitable and your wounds begin to close as he's cast infernal healing on you, Ooh. giving you fast healing one for one minute. Okay. Nice. Now you may go.
4: Sylvie, when she feels these wounds start to, start to close and start to heal, she looks over to him and smiles saying, thank you, my friend. And she looks then towards these creatures with that same smile on her face. Oh, she just barely doesn't have enough movement to tumble through all the way around.
2: Try to stay on the edge. I've got some rocks and flame that I can throw, but I don't want to hurt you. I have two different cone spells left, and that's about it. As far as, like, all my spells Ah, are cones right now. Okay.
4: Sylvie looks to these creatures... There will not be any eating today. And she moves and attempts to tumble through and end up on the edge.
1: As you do that, you get hit with this wave of just putrid stench. These things smell like a combination of rotting meat and sewage. And I need you to roll me a fortitude save.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: I think I know what creature these are because there were certain parts of the Corvosa guide we were allowed to read that mentioned something similar to this, and I would be very excited if it is, but I will keep my thoughts to myself.
4: Only a 16?
3: Uh, With a
1: 16, unfortunately, you are sickened one.
4: Oh...
1: In addition, while you're near these creatures, you take a minus two penalty to saves against disease and to recover from the sickened condition.
4: Mm. Oh, no. All right. So she's going to attempt an acrobatics to tumble through. Oh, my gosh. I need to switch dice. A 16.
1: 16 against the creatures. I
4: believe it's reflex
1: Reflex DC, DC meets beats.
4: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Sylvie... Uh, makes it over to the other side of this creature and she enters a state of panache and the smile that she had just gets bigger as her face sets. She is ready to strike these creatures. So she attacks with her kukri. Geez, only a 16.
1: Uh, you tumbled through, so it is flat-footed to you, correct? That is correct. That's a
4: hit. Oh! Yes! All right, that is seven points of slashing damage. Um, Also, some of that is precision.
1: And it just like...
4: (laughs) (laughs) And then with her final action, she puts up her shield again.
1: Okay. Mir, you're up.
2: All right, so Mir is going to step up next to Diego, and then take one more additional step. So she's just a a little bit in front of Diego, kind of in front of the party here, and...
1: How far are you from these guys? Ten feet. Ten feet. I need a fortitude save from you as well. Darn. As you smell this (laughs) just reeking odor.
2: Yeah. Just trying to stay a little far away. Um, with a 15 on the die, that does go up to a 23.
1: Uh, you smelled worse, you shrug it off, and you are immune to this aura for a minute.
2: The fertilizer I use for Figgy's plants are worse than this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will be casting a, I think I'll do a Burning Hands and not a Pummeling Rubble. Okay. And it's a 15-foot cone, and I can angle it just so that I can actually get these two without hurting Sylvie. Perfect. So, I need a reflex save.
1: Two reflex saves. You do know now that you're facing down these two creatures, uh, the one on Sylvie's side looks a bit smaller, a bit more frail.
2: They don't look wet, right, though?
1: They don't look wet.
2: Okay. If they I mean, look. They came
1: out of the sewer. They're about as dry as you can be for.
2: That's fine. It's just if they looked like they were more aquatic y, I would pick the rubble versus the fire.
1: <laughs> okay. For the small one, I have a 19 meets beats okay for the other one i have a 19 on the die which will go to a 27
2: so that's not a critical success but a success but a success so they're both going to take half damage okay so it's 2d6 of fire and i rolled a total of six damage so three fire (laughs) unfortunately okay
3: vec you're up next Looks like we're kind of focused firing on at least a smaller one. This is the one that Sylvie's threatening. So he is going to shout to this creature. You hear that, mate? You're not even good at smelling like shit? As he (laughs) spends an action to try and bon-mow. Oh, bon-mow. Okay. Uh, Which one are you bon-mowing? The closer one to Sylvie, I think that was described as the smaller one. Yes. This is a diplomacy check against the target's will DC... That is 16. Uh, 16, unfortunately, doesn't do it. All right. So nothing happens. No adverse effects. And then he sort of shouts in rage. His figure kind of or his his features kind of twisting in anger and the, the white hot flame within his eyes burns a little brighter as he pushes the demon mask up to his face. And I'm going to need a will save from that same creature as he uses its once daily fear ability. Okay, not great. 14. Failure, you're frightened too. Ooh, okay. Ooh. that's big. And that was two actions. So that is a total of three and the end of my turn. Okay,
1: it is a larger one's turn. It's going to move 10 feet within mirror if it's not already. It already is. It is. Okay, so it's going to make a strike at Mirror. First, with its jaws. That is a 26.
2: That will hit.
1: That's 12 points of piercing damage, and I need you to make me a fortitude save.
2: Another 23.
1: Okay, you're good. It is then going to attack with its tentacle. Oh. Over, that's only a 17 to hit.
2: Nope.
1: Then it's not very smart, so it's going to try and do the same thing hit you with its tentacle. And that'll miss as well. The second one is toe to toe with Sylvie, so it's going to bite out at Sylvie, although it's frightened too. So it makes a chomp at Sylvie. Over 16 on the die, should hit with a 26
4: yep that hits and sylvia's going to use her shield reaction to to block
1: is nine points of damage
4: okay so the shield takes five of that and then she takes four
1: and then i need you to roll me a fortitude save
4: Ooh, okay uh i could use a hero point right to uh re-roll this you could yes all right, I rolled a four, so I'm going to use a hero point point, oh, and hope for a better number. All right, I did a little bit better. That is a 19.
1: 19. Nothing happens. Yes. Do you want to read me that sickened condition? Yes. I think this is the first time we've been sickened.
4: Could be. Yeah, I think so. Alright, Soli feels ill, sickened always includes a value. You take a status penalty equal to this value on your checks and DCs. You can't willingly ingest anything including elixirs and potions while sickened. You can spend a single action retching in an attempt to recover, which lets you immediately attempt a fortitude save against the DC of the effect that made you sickened. On success you reduce your sickened value by 1 or by 2 on a critical success.
1: Okay, so unlike Frightened, Sicken doesn't tick off per turn. It's just something you're going to have to deal with as long as you're in this aura. And remember, you get a minus two to your check if you wanted to, if you wanted to retch.
4: And then if, if I'm staying in that aura, then like the next round, would I have to do another check for it?
1: Essentially, you are, you are sickened until you leave the aura. Okay. That Odiug, there you go. Yep, Got the that's the I thought. Um... Is now going to so it bit at you, it's gonna try and hit you with a tentacle. Who natural 20? Oh, so eight points of damage, and then with its third action, since it hit you with that, it's going to grab you. So you were grabbed.
4: Shoot!
0: Oh no, Diego, you're up now. Yes, I can't get into flanking position right now.
1: Yeah, they're kind of side by yeah.
0: side. I think I'm just going to try to be a meat shield for the back line then. So Diego is going to stride up to the one that is that is has got Sylvie grabbed. Okay. It notably
1: does not strike out at you. Oh, okay. And I assume I need to make a fortitude save as well. Yes, you need to make a fortitude save now that you're in its stench. 18 on the die, 28. You're good and you're immune for one minute. All right. Uh, and I think
0: Diego's just going to try to take an initial strike at this thing to try to hit it. So
1: you moved. Are you going to enter a rage? Not right now. Okay. No. Hit on the die. That's an 18 to hit. 18 does hit. Okay. Whew.
0: Minimum damage. Five points of damage.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm going to try one more attack and
1: then maybe rage the next turn. Four on the die. That's not going to hit. Okay. Sylvie, you're up. Uh, make sure you tick your healing.
4: Yes. Sylvie really needs that healing now.
1: Grabbed and sickened. Ouch.
4: All right. And to get out of a grapple, is it an athletics?
1: It is an athletics. It is an unarmed attack. And it is an acrobatics. You can use any of those three, whichever is the
4: highest. All right. Well, definitely it would be acrobatics for Sylvie. But to give her the best chance possible, she can still tell that... She has Sazzy with her, so she kind of looks to the side at him and asks him or instructs him, Old my hair. And she immediately like bends over and starts (laughs) vomiting to try to remove her sickened condition.
1: You don't want to puke out that blood I just gave you.
4: (laughs) All right, and let's see if I can make that. So you're making a fortitude fortitude save save
1: with a minus two.
4: Uh, probably not gonna do it with a fourteen.
1: fourteen does not do it
4: all right then she is going to attempt break out of this with an acrobatics that is a dirty 20
1: you do break out of it nice yes
4: Sylvie so saw Mir do a cone attack can she move into a flanking position with Diego with her final? action and not be affected by like where she saw Do you saw think if that?
1: Mir angled the cone to the left, uh, the left from me, uh, she'd be able to hit like the edge of this one, the one that you're now flanking and also the other larger one?
4: Perfect. Okay, so Sylvie moves over and sets up that flank with her final, uh, final action.
1: That's okay. the power of triangles.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks Pythagoras. Mir, you're up.
2: Mere begins to cast a spell, and she will need a basic fortitude save from both of them. This is another cone.
1: Okay. Basic fortitude save. Mm -hmm. I have a weak guy that is still frightened one.
2: Neither are taking any persistent lead, right?
1: Right. Cool. So the weak one gets a 25. Okay. And the other one gets a 19.
2: Meat speeds. Damn it. (sighs) So that is fine. They both are going to take half damage as a, an entire pack of shadowy figgies comes spewing out of <laughs> Mir's <laughs> outstretched hands.
3: <laughs> <in. laughs> <laughs> like a stampede of them.
2: Yes, it is a stampede, a pack of predatory animals, which are obviously a bunch of shadow figgies. And it's going to deal 2d4 of slashing. And that's an eight total. So four. And then another 2d4 of negative energy damage. And that's six negative energy damage.
0: What spell is that?
2: It is called Feral Shades. Ooh. Very
1: cool. Heard of that one? That's
2: it's awesome. from Secrets of Magic. It's a level uh, two.
1: Was that six total? or
2: Six negative energy.
1: And total. then halved, right?
2: Yeah. So, so like the total amount of damage is eight plus six. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So four plus three. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as a, a pack of figgies comes barreling down, that is two actions. I am not going to have Biggie do anything, I think. I don't really know if I want him into this nonsense at this point in time. Get a little protective of the figs. Well... Here's the thing is, I know I have one more cone spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And so I don't want to. So you maybe just
1: fire your bow.
2: Yeah, that is what I was thinking is I, I might just fire my bow or um raise my shield. But I think I've got my bow already out, so I will fire my bow. And I'll fire it at the small... I mean, the small one's taking a lot of damage. Let's see if we can get them off the board, yeah. So I'll fire it at the small one. That is a total of 21.
1: 21 hits.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. I
2: rolled it on damage. I rolled one damage.
3: One total? Like, like
1: one?
2: Yeah, I rolled a D8 and I rolled a one. Oh no. Uh,
3: Yuck. Oh. Okay, Vac, you're up. How in the danger zone is Sylvie looking?
4: She's definitely less than half, 18 out of 44. Mm-hmm. I can't battle on her.
2: Okay,
3: then that will be my turn then. Yeah, yeah, you got greedy with the flank, Emily. I'm sorry, you're stealing an action of mine. But so Vec has to spend an action to take a step by feet closer, so you're within 30 feet. He is going to reach spell, add an action onto his lay of hands and channel this... Pulsing yellow gold energy from his body towards Sylvie as she is healed for 14 points of damage.
4: Ooh. With my range lay
3: on hands. Thank you. You got it. But well, that's all I can do.
1: Okay, it is the small Odia's turn. It's going to bite at Diego now. Ooh, I think I got you with a 23. Yep. Okay, so that's going to deal six points of damage and I need a fortitude save. 18. Okay, you don't feel anything happen. It's going to try and hit you with a tentacle here. 19. Because I didn't rage, that misses. Okay. (laughs) So it misses you and then it'll take one final attack at you because they're big dumb and it will also miss. Now this one is no longer frightened, but that was a pretty solid frightening that it had going on. The larger one is going to move up to be five feet, uh, kind of like the the squares in front of mere Figgy. Yep, it moves all the way up.
2: Does Figgy need to make a fortitude?
1: Yes, Figgy needs to make a fortitude, as does Vec, I believe. He's 10 feet from it. Uh Uh-oh.
2: It's a 17 for Figgy.
1: Okay, Figgy is sickened. Beck has a 21. Beck is not sickened and immune for a minute.
2: Wonderful. It's an 18. Sorry, I had a, something clicked on from a last fight.
1: Okay, meets beats, so he is good.
2: Oh, wow, awesome. good.
1: Uh, oh, the f- creature f- now <laughs> bites Mirror.
2: That's good.
1: Let's get my strong Odeog. Oh. <sighs>
2: 24
1: it's- 11 points of damage Make me a fortitude save
2: 19 on the die
1: Okay, you're good Tentacle coming at Vac. No Natural 1
3: Ooh.
1: Uh, Final tentacle coming at Diego Natural 20
0: Oh, oh. Mm. What does it go to?
1: Uh, 26
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's a cred
1: However, it's just a tentacle, so you're a little lucky there. 18 points of damage. Okay. And because that was its last action, it cannot grab you. Diego, it is your turn. You just got slammed from behind as you were trying to uh, flank this other creature. He did, yes. That angers him a bit, so he's gonna rage
0: and try to finish off the small one before turning his attention to the big one that's dishing out some damage. Sure. A little extra HP from that, but here comes a big swing of the mall. 20 to hit. 20 does hit your flat-footed opponent. That's low damage again, too. That's nine points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. I think I just want to try to get, get him again. 15 on the die. That is a 20 again, which should hit. Yep, that'll hit. The D12s
1: are failing me. That's another minimum damage. That's eight points of damage. Okay. That's rage and then two attacks. Yep. Sylvie, you're still in panache, right?
4: She is. With the healing she received and uh, the fast healing that she has gained as well, she feels she's in her element with this panache. And everything else starts to melt away as she does a twirl to gain extra momentum to slash at this creature using her finisher.
1: Okay. It is flanked.
4: All right, that is a 24.
3: 24 is a hit.
4: Awesome.
3: Get rid of this thing, come on.
4: Oh, I sure hope so. That is 14 points of damage. What does it look like? Yes! Oh, as she twirls through the air, she catches the edge of this creature and just rips it open. And I'm sure it's... Uh, if it smells this horrible, it, it on the opens outside? up
1: like a like a trash bag that had something snagged. No, it it just looks like a flesh trash bag. Like you see, you see garbage and shit, and like bones fall out of it.
4: Oh man! If Sylvie wasn't sickened before, she is now. Uh, that was her. So she's now out of panache, but she still has more actions so she can move up to the other creature and
3: you could flank with biggie mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. yeah
4: perfect she will attempt a tumble through to kind of loop through the edge of that square and be where uh, and then end up flanking with biggie okay that is a 24 acrobatics
1: success
4: all right, she tumbles through, entering another state of panache, and then she holds up her dueling cape in a protective position to uh, help hide where she's at so it's a little harder to hit her.
2: Okay, Mir. I may need a little help here. I have a spell called Scatter Scree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the area for it is two contiguous five foot cubes. This is a large creature. So presumably, I could put it directly under two squares yep. that it's under. It says that I evoke a jumble of rocks in the area, and the scattering rocks deal bludgeoning damage equal to one d4 plus your spellcasting ability modifier to creatures in the area, with a basic reflex save. Mm-hmm. And it becomes difficult to for the duration. Any creature can interact to clear a square of that screen. Would it be a, It would only. It would be one d4. Yes. Okay. Cool. So that is what I am going to cast, though. And so the two cubes directly in front of me will be now a a bunch of, you know, jumbles of rocks. I'll I'll basically tear up, I guess, the road a little bit here. And I do need a basic reflex save.
1: Basic reflex. See what I can do. Not great. 15.
2: That will fail. And so you are going to take the full damage, which this is heightened, so it's two d4 plus my spellcasting ability modifier that is eight damage nice and then it's figgy's turn
1: figgy's flanking
2: figgy is flanking so hang on there's something i do for that i don't understand too no to no do.
1: i'm okay. just flat-footed to you so i take a minus two to my ac
2: okay
1: that's it mm-hmm
2: it's fine. So Figgy's going to first uh, bite, unfortunately, but bite <laughs> the trash monster. <laughs> and that's only a uh, 16. That doesn't hit. And so now he's going to claw. Spine on out. And I got, <laughs> I got two nines, so that's not going to work either.
3: Nope. Beck, you're up. He looks at the creature. Don't bother running, my friend. Just lie down and take it as... He tries to intimidate. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight is a success, not a critical success. All right, he is frightened one, and then we'll blast him with an electric arc. Nice. So I need a reflex save.
2: Great. The grip that spell has on you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: My only damaging cantrip. I guess if you don't count days, which is not lethal, but God, I saw, I saw a whole discussion about
1: Claire or about, um, oracles too. And it was like, yeah, I want my Oracle to be able to do something damaging with a cantrip. And all I have is days and people are, <laughs> people are suggesting the exact same thing you did, which is mm-hmm. like, take the, take the human thing that yep. lets you get electric arc, like be a human. It's there you so go. Lame. There you go. Or, or take I think haunting, haunting him. him
3: is the other one. <laughs> it's the only other one. Uh, not cool. If you know alignments, you could do the Divine Lance, but that's not going to work. Yeah, the D- Divine Lance is tough because it's yeah. just such a situational
1: cantrip, and you want your cantrips to, because they're low damage, you want them to always be able to at least be good. Mm-hmm. Like it, at least be doing damage. Anywho, that's a 16 on the die for the reflex. So that's going to go to. Uh, 24.
3: Okay, just a regular success. So we're looking at half damage here. Nine total, four actualized. Okay, it is this Odeog's turn.
1: What do I want to do? Oh goodness. Everybody's been doing damage to it. I bet the
0: sewer smells pretty good. You want to crawl back in there?
1: It's going to attack Figgy with a bite. It's going to. Oh, 18.
2: That will hit.
1: Okay. 11 points of damage to Figgy, and I need a fortitude save from him.
2: All right. 13 on the die for 20.
1: You're good. I'm going to take an attack at Mir. That'll hit. Nine points of damage, and then it is going to grab Mir. Diego. Okay. Diego runs around the tentacles, grasping onto
0: Mir next to him to get flanking with Sylvie and is He
1: grabs up to Mir doesn't help her out
2: <laughs> Mir does look like she's dying
0: Okay So putting this thing down is I assume what she'd want it to do so yes. it stops grabbing her Yeah. So let's see if I can do that I'm going to swing the maul 20 to hit 20 hits Please be good damage Alright 17 points of bludgeoning damage There it is That's great
1: And another swing Not going to hit with an 11 no, the 11 certainly doesn't hit. Sylvie, you're up.
2: I have less than five hit points. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's yes. really
4: bad.
0: Not great. 5.0 rotogen. Not bad. Three. Not great.
4: Sylvie was hiding behind her dueling cape and she drops it and is ready with her kukri right behind that cape to do a large slash using her competent finisher okay. on this creature. All right, that is a 17 and we are flanking. You
1: are flanking and your friend, Vec, frightened it. That is 17. Ew!
4: Yes, oh, the stars have aligned for this. Will it be enough? 15 points of damage.
1: Creature is still up.
4: No. And Sylvie can't can't, she can't attack Attack again. anymore. She can't trip. Uh, she raises her dueling cape. And oh, okay. So rate. So that's two actions. She is going to attempt to tumble through again. Cause
1: get that panache back.
4: Why yeah. not? Yeah. Do a little loop here. Uh, I think this should do it with a twenty nine. Yep.
1: That critically succeeds if it did anything.
4: Oh, I don't think it does, but I will double check.
1: I think it's just success fail.
0: Uh,
4: yes, it is.
0: I keep imagining her doing like a Dark Souls role, like over and over. Oh. Like, yeah.
1: Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I have an immunity square here.
4: All right, so back in Panache, and she's ready to go. And
1: Sylvie knows how to play Elden Ring. She's been playing it all
2: weekend.
4: <laughs> That's why she's been skipping class.
1: <laughs> uh, Mire.
2: I'm gonna battle medicine myself.
1: Okay, now when you do that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the grab condition is if you attempt a manipulate action while grabbed, you must succeed at a fi- DC five flat check, or it's lost. I believe that applies to battle medicine. Yep, I think it's a, I think it's got the manipulate trait. I will check. Feels
2: like yes, it does. Sh- <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's like that's. Mostly for spellcasters, because most spells have the manipulate trait. But also, you know, if you were to draw a weapon or, you know, as you're doing battle medicine, you have a 25% chance of just not being able to do it because you're grabbed.
2: I mean, how hard is it to get out?
1: (laughs) Getting out is, again, a unarmed attack, a acrobatics or an athletics. But you don't you don't really know how difficult it is to get out of this creature's grasp.
4: You did see Sylvie get out of the smaller creature's grasp. So last time, Mir was stuck in something, though. It
2: took, uh, it took a lot. I understand it's very different, but it did take a lot. And I do really need the healing. I think a DC-5? Yep, DC-5. I'm going to just hope for that. All right,
1: so roll your DC-5 flat check.
2: I got a 15, so Okay, so you're good. Woo. And now I need to roll my medicine check. Oh, cool. I forgot I have a... Really high medicine. I got a 16 on the die plus 13. So 29. Yeah, that goes to a 29 and the DC was 20. So not a critical. (laughs) Which sucks.
1: I mean, the part that doesn't suck is like your crit range is 20%. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) I know. All right. And then I will now heal 2d8 plus 10. (laughs) I rolled two twos. Uh. So I healed fourteen.
1: Okay, that's, so that's one, one action. action. You could manipulate again to try and cast a spell. Even those sweet, sweet flat checks. It gotta go wrong sooner or later. Seventy-five percent of the time, it works every time, huh, Haley? Let's hope we don't get those improbable odds.
2: <laughs> Haley's sweating now. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm gonna do a DC five check.
1: Uh oh. Okay. She's going for something. She's going for
2: it. <laughs> and I got a four. Ah, got her. Okay, so
1: whatever whatever you were doing. Fizzles. Fizzles, yes. That's fine. It so if a... it was a spell, notably, it is lost.
2: I mean, it was Produce Flame. It's a cantrip. Okay, yeah. I okay. was, like, on low risk, realistically. It's just that had a better chance than probably Figgy does. Yeah.
1: So it is Vex's turn. But Figgy would still have an action, wouldn't he? No. He's not old enough yet. Oh, yeah. Sorry. To get his own. God, you're... <laughs> I'm stuck at the high level. Putting the
3: cart before the horse here. Yeah, Let Figgy become a mature companion. Hmm. So Mir's got a little hit points back in her. That's great. But also she is in the clutches of this thing. And I am worried. Vec is going to use my last first level spell of the day. Actually, my last leveled spell of the day to cast a two action heal. The 12s, baby. You know what? I can feel Robert Pattinson in the studio with me as I maxed out that healing. Whew. That's going to be high. That's going to be 32? 21. It's a—it's only level one. Oh, so, oh sorry. Yep. Yeah. 12 plus a flat eight plus the level of the spell with my curse. 21 points of healing.
2: I am at full health.
3: Wow. Sweet. Whoa.
2: So
3: That's two actions. The that the power is- of the D12. Hmm. I can feel him in the studio with me. Um, and then with that single action, I've already intimidated this creature, so I can't again. He is going to look to Diego and says, finish this monster with a guidance. Woo. All right. Okay. It is a creature's turn. First thing that happens is I need Mir to roll me
1: a fortitude save.
2: Another 19 on the die. Why couldn't this have been like, well, <laughs> Okay.
1: It constricts you dealing four damage to you because it's halved.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: 19 on the die doesn't go to a, a crit success, I'm guessing.
2: Um, it goes to a 27.
1: Nope. Okay. Then it's going to attack... Uh, I think it's going to attack Sylvie, who recently did a ton of damage to it. Oof. Okay. That's pretty good.
4: Uh-oh.
1: It is still frightened till the end of its turn, but that's a dirty 30.
4: Uh... So her AC right now is 20. So that's a critical.
1: Critical hit. Fortunately, Ugh. it's just the tentacle. Ooh. So it's not 2d6. It's just one. 16 points of damage. Ouch. And then it's going to free action grab you. Or not free action, but use its last action to grab you. Diego, you're up. I think technically Sylvie still provides the flank. Yes. Is her weapon still drawn? Diego's going to menacingly growl at this creature, say
0: go back underground where you came from and try and intimidate check on it since it's no longer
3: frightened. You have guidance on something on your turn You can take it whenever Do you like. Do I light. get to take just, it whenever I want? Just don't forget you got it. Okay.
0: I'm not going to use it for this. That's a 19
1: to intimidate. A 19 does not intimidate it because it is not frightened anymore. Oh, okay. If I use guidance, I might might've
0: gotten it, but it hand exactly on gotten the gotten pawn. It. Okay. Okay. Then I am going to swing down with it with two attacks. I'm taking guidance on my first attack here. Okay. Natural two. Not gonna (laughs) hit. God. I'm just gonna switch switch these dice out eventually. I think.
1: Last attack. Ten. Really need to have a barbarian to land some of these hits, but. Yeah. Yep. um, As they say, no dice. No. (laughs) Sylvie, you're in panache.
4: She is in panache, and I was trying to read all of these traits. She is grabbed. Can she attack and use her Confident Finisher, none of which has the move trait, even though she is grabbed? Yes,
1: you okay. can. Yeah, certainly.
4: Perfect. Uh, that's what she's going to do.
1: Attacks don't have the manipulate trait either. so.
4: Perfect. So she's held by this creature, and but she, her arm is still free enough that she slashes at it maybe not with as much of an arc as she normally gets but it still has all the same power that is an 18
1: because the creature is flanked that's a hit <gasps> woo yeah. yes confidently finish him these debuffs they're <laughs> important
4: they are really adding up that is 15 points of slashing damage
1: what does this one look like
4: oh so she yes! Do- confidently <laughs> oh she was she the smile had not fallen from her face yet, even with these attacks, as she slashes this creature, and I'm sure she's covered in uh the resulting Trish. garbage, but it's not phasing her because this creature falls and lets her go.
1: You know, it'd be a great callback to the other show if every time you did a confident finisher, you just said, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> These two creatures slump over and because of your initiative and how quickly you were able to take them down, the the crowd of people is not harmed and they actually make way for you as you uh, hustle towards the bridge to old Corvosa. You make your way to Vex' apartment, I guess we'll call it an apartment, townhouse. I think rules is written, it's a tenement. Tenement. Yes. <laughs> The rest of the party hangs back as Vec approaches the door, and what he sees immediately sends a shiver down his spine. There is a large boot print on the door, and it hangs ajar. <gasps> and I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh.
3: Yeah, you're gonna have to do without me. I'm mad. Sad. It's bad. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) The Bestow Curse podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated
2: and used with permission.